Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, it's the Get Right Mm-mm. on a Mm-mm. Saturday Mm-mm. afternoon. Rigo, you got to get us our intro, dog. Uh, yeah, you got to find it. You, can you find the intro? You make sure you find the intro. I got you, yeah. Okay. I, I got you. I appreciate that. Uh, Kevin Gray, Reginald Attitude. Why don't we right. make a demands of him already? Like, we just got in here. Okay, so I was about to say, hey, do you not know me? But some of the people listening might not if they you don't listen not. at night. Uh, <laughs> I'm Reginald Attitude, and I make demands of our producer. <laughs> That's Rigo Mendoza on this Saturday afternoon. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we are with you for the next three and a half hours as we get you ready for game number two between your Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, where the Texas Rangers last night in game one of their series with the Astros got the win on the road. Martin Perez doing what Martin Perez does against the Houston Astros, which is pitch pretty doggone well. And the Rangers last night, uh, Rigo cut number six, got a 6-2 to two win over said Astros. Win a series. Here's Maldonado with a line drive right to Josh Young, and he makes the catch. A bullet to the Rangers' third baseman, and Young puts the glove around it to take care of Maldonado, who has been uh, frisky against Texas, and uh, he wraps it up here. LeClerc goes through the order, one, two, three, and the Rangers capture the first game in this three-game series by the final score of 6-2. to two. The difference between these two clubs in the standings now at two and a half games. Jared Saylor, Matt Hicks on the call last night. Martin Perez moves to two and one on the season season with a minuscule 2.87 ERA. Sounds good. Game two of that series tonight. Pre-game begins at 530 on your home of the Rangers. 105 through the fan at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at Atula. We kick off our conversations, though, with the NBA playoffs. The Hoops-ke-ball. NBA playoffs are underway. Hoops galore. If you're a basketball fan and the Philadelphia 76ers right now up 96-81 early on in the fourth quarter, they have been hitting a barrage of three-pointers today, have the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's kick off today, Saturday, with that. NBA playoffs time, Reg. Who you got as we got several games on tap today and for the next several days when it comes to the East and West playoffs, Philly, Brooklyn gets us started today. Um, in the East, I think you end up seeing a series between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. And in the West, 
Good luck calling it, right? Like I, I legitimately, <laughs> I, I would love to. I can give Flip you a na- coin. <laughs> Look, I can give you a name, but I really don't feel like uh, it comes with the right perspective. Like I need you to understand. If I give you names, I'm guessing just like everybody else. This is this is the most parody that you might have seen in the Western Conference playoffs um, ever. And I don't say that you know I don't say parody with any level of intent, you know, in a good way or a bad way. It just is what it is. I personally tend to enjoy more like having having the hunted and the hunters. I think that makes for more interesting dynamics. However, we are in this place where I can't call it on most of these series. Now, there are some series, though, that I think that I have a good idea which way they lean. But if they go the other way, I would not be I would not be in a place where I'd be like, yo, I couldn't have foreseen this. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely pathways that we get into different places. So in the West, can't call it. I guess I'll ride with the team that has all of the star players and Kevin freaking Durant in the Phoenix Suns, understanding that the bench might be a little light, but the likes of like Ish Wainwright might pop up and make things shake to the point where it helps out the Bookers, the Aitons, the Kevin Durants, the Chris Pauls to the Western Conference Finals. The consensus, I think, for a lot of people is that Milwaukee, who is the best team in the NBA, had the best record in the regular season, the best defense in the league this season as well, is a prohibitive favorite to not only get out of the East, but win the NBA championship. You've got Boston, you've got Philly, who right now is putting on a show at home against the Brooklyn Nets. And then you've got teams like Cleveland and New York. Cleveland, who's got Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Evan Mobley, by the way, those uh, candidates for each of the awards released yesterday. Uh, as we found out who is going to be the finalist for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, so on and so forth. And then you've got a team like the New York Knicks still trying to figure out everything with Julius Randle as he is working his way back. Obviously, Jalen Brunson, who's been fantastic for them as well. But I think for me, as I look at the East to start off with, it's Milwaukee and everybody else. At least for me, Brooke Lopez has been fantastic on the defensive end. For them, I think the Bucks are the deepest team in the East right now. I know Philly has got a good lineup with, obviously, James Harden, who's been great today. Um, Joel Embiid, who's going to be, I believe, the league's MVP this year. What you get from Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker has been a veteran in this league for a long time. Ability to knock down the corner three. Good defensive player as well. Maybe not as good as he was several years ago, but still gives you a lot on that end of the floor. But to me, Milwaukee, with their lineup, that consists of Giannis, Drew Holiday, who's arguably the best defensive guard in the league, in my mind right now. I think they're the deepest and the best team in the East that finds their way out of the Eastern Conference. Okay, interesting. Uh, how about this for a question for you? Which which of these first-round series, because, of course, we're still within the first mm-hmm. round, and it's easy to go to the extreme, and I'm not really like a prognosticator anyways. Like, I don't really find a lot of value in putting up these predictions. It's not like I got a crystal ball. Um, so... Rather than going far ahead, let's mm-hmm. look at these series. Which first-round series are you personally most excited to watch? Most excited of all the series is the one in the East for me is Cleveland and New York. The one in the West for me, while I know that you got Phoenix and the Clippers in the first round, the most exciting one for me is Sacramento and Golden State. I am excited about all the offense that's going to be played in that series. You've got a really cool storyline with Mike Brown as who's going to be the NBA coach of the year, taking on his former team in Golden State, who he used to be assistant under with Steve Kerr there. A lot of fun in that series. Darren Fox versus St- Stephen Curry is going to be 
a hell of a guard matchup to watch in this series as well. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you mentioned the coaching, you know, tree there. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown is a very good coach. Yes. And I want to see, like, if he even has chess moves to make. Because one thing about the Golden State Warriors over this long time, the, the thing that you could talk about with experience, we say that and it's kind of nebulous. It's just a generic thing that we say. When you drill down into that, one of the things that's nice about experience, quote unquote, is that there's institutional knowledge, meaning you've had largely the same group of players together for a long period of time. Y'all have seen a lot of different things and you've had to troubleshoot and find answers to those. And the nice thing about that is if somebody poses a question to you, it is no longer, hey, or it is not entirely, maybe it's not, I have to find an answer to this rather than, oh, we remember seeing this. You remember when we saw this a couple years back? Let's mm-hmm. use that answer, right? You have some knowledge to go back to, and I think that's going to be interesting to see, um, although you look at the Sacramento Kings, and they don't really have a lot of variations. I like to say in the playoffs, it's not necessarily about what you can do, it's what you can't do. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things and in Sacramento. what teams are willing to take away from you, too. Right, right. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. is yeah. think People are going to try and take away the things that you can do, so what is it that you can't do that's going to be exploited that's going to be an issue? And I think the Kings have a lot of problems with what they can't do. I'm interested in seeing that. However, you saying that opens me up to say this in the West. I want to see this Memphis Grizzlies-Los Angeles Lakers series. And it's funny you brought up the point about what teams can do versus what they can't do and how that gets exposed. It's almost like I tried to set it up. You did, mm-hmm. because what the Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers both can't do on a consistent basis is knock down threes and more importantly for Memphis they don't have a lot of help in the middle outside of Jaron Jackson because Steven Adams is not going to be available for the entirety of these playoffs and if the Lakers want to get downhill and try to get as you've talked about Jared Jackson Jr. in the foul trouble mm-hmm. they've got the guys who can do it in LeBron James Anthony Davis who can put the ball on the deck they can make things really difficult and I cannot wait to see Jared Vanderbilt put the defensive assignment for himself on John Morant and how that looks over the course of a seven-game series. Because I'm sure he is relishing the idea of guarding who is one of the offensive dynamos in the league and John Morant and what that looks like over a seven-game series. I also want to see, like, understanding that in the playoffs, your rotation's short and your mm-hmm. best players are going to have to play more. You're going to have Anthony Davis, who who can be a little lumbering sometimes, and then LeBron James, who has the age that he does. He's 38. Um, against a team in Memphis that... Half court can it can be a little it, it can be a little bit troubling sometimes. So what they like to do is run. I want to see that disparity. I want to see, like there's a lot of different things that these two teams can throw at each other. And Taylor Jenkins is a really good coach. Darvin Ham I'm not sold on yet. Like he definitely tries to coach up defense, but I think he might be in a place where he can get squirrely at times, and then just go oh well I'm going to default back to the players you know the, the guys that I know and maybe you know go to give the ball to LeBron, which we all think of as a good, valuable uh, decision and game plan, but you might need to trust your roster a little bit more than that. And so I'm interested to see the coaching matchup and the the tactical back and forth because there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things kind of counter to what I said with Sacramento. There's a lot of different things that can happen here, but you're you know, circling all the way back around. You're right about the big play. This might come down basically to can Anthony Davis dominate and will uh, Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. and whoever else they play big, will they be able to do anything with that dude? Because if we've seen the Anthony Davis, if we see the Anthony Davis that we've seen over the last couple of months, the assertive, the dominant Anthony Davis who is willing to put the Lakers on his back both offensively and defensively, they're going to have a tough time dealing with that. And then LeBron James playing off that. Dennis Schroeder's been playing very well over the last couple of months as well for them. So... If anybody's right for an upset, I think for a lot of people, including myself, this may be the series in the West that you look at and say, all right, Memphis, 
I think has the better team, but I would not be surprised if this series goes the full six or excuse me, the full seven games and the Lakers find a way to get it done over the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm picking the Grizzlies to win this series, but I would be surprised if this thing doesn't go at least six, six games. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat. Um, now, um, something that you could think about also, these things kind of go to hand in hand. You talk about the Grizzlies. They are they could be one of those teams that seem to have all the pieces but never got to the, the mountaintop mm-hmm. because I think that that might be at stake here, which leads me to this question. Which star player has the most at stake this postseason? All right, because there's Ooh. there's a lot of you know, there's Ooh, some stars question. in these playoffs, and we understand only one team can win it all. Only a few teams can maybe like stake their claim as having a a largely or overly successful season, and stars end up being the place where responsibility is placed a lot. Which star player has the most at stake? Understanding that maybe you can look at Nikola Jokic, you can look at Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. You can look at Joel Embiid. And that's who I go with. I go with Joel Embiid. Okay. That's who I go with because he's finally gotten to the point where it looks like he's going to win the league's MVP after, you know, being the bridesmaid the last couple of years with Nikola Jokic and the incredible years that he's had. And Nikola Jokic could be one of these players as well. But yeah, I'm going to go with Embiid because what Philadelphia, and you hear reports about what this team could possibly be if they have a early exit in the playoffs, if they lose in the second round, because I think they're going to handle business against Brooklyn. Let's say they have a second-round exit once again and they don't find themselves getting to at least the Eastern Conference Finals this year. There could be big changes because Doc Rivers may not necessarily be back. James Harden may not be back with this team Mm -hmm. going into next year as well. Questions about giving Tyrese Maxey a new contract. Tobias Harris, what do you do with him? I think there's a lot at stake for Philly, and I think the pressure is on Joel Embiid to be able to make it happen and to carry this team there given what changes could be happening for them uh, this offseason. Joel is a really interesting pick there, right? Um, and I think that's probably the right one. Uh, you want to examine some of the other ones? Sure. Do you want to talk about, like, the Nikola Jokic, how much do you feel on this one? Because this one feels largely narrative-based because going into, once we had hit, what, the trade deadline, all-star break trade deadline, mm-hmm. somewhere around that point, um, folks looked up and were like, are we really going to give this dude back-to-back-to-back MVPs while not having, and this was the claim, right? Yep. Not having uh, playoff success. I think people forgot that he has been to the Western Conference Finals, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that and was so, the bubble year. Right, and so maybe you do some level of discounting. I think that that's stupid. But, yeah, yeah, that is that has been there, and he's done times where he's had to carry this team with injuries. This might be the most robust that his team has been. However, right, we are getting to the place where we have elevated Nikola Jokic. He's no longer a star. He's a superstar in this league. Agree or disagree? With that, uh, with that, at least that point, superstar. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, superstar. All right. Yeah. So once you're in yeah. that place, we start bringing it to you, Bubba. Especially like after having the way that this team, well, one, this team is healthy finally for the first time in forever. After having the way that this team kind of slipped a little bit down the stretch. And then going into the playoffs, if you are not capable of putting together a really strong playoffs, and if, I'm not saying that this is fair, but the NBA NBA discourse machine is going to start asking, why is it that you are not in this place? And we were talking about this in the crosstalk. Mm-hmm. He strikes me as maybe the star or superstar, whatever distinction you want to make, that I look around and I'm like, I'm not 100% certain that he has put the team on my back 
um, tendencies. Even though that sounds weird because he ends up doing all these things. He has the high usage rate. He he really facilitates the entirety of the offense. But when it's like, yo, we need buckets, go get us some. I'm not entirely as convinced about him as I am about the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo and mm-hmm. um, and Joel Embiid. And so I wonder if this does not go the way that it's supposed to, if that ends up being an issue for him. I love how the one team who we feel like may have some pressure on them, given how much they have turned some of their roster over, the Phoenix Suns, after what happened last year in the playoffs, losing to the Mavericks in the West semis, and then going to acquire Kevin Durant and getting rid of the likes of, you know, Mikel Bridges and others to facilitate that happening, and what the pressure that's on them with Durant and Booker. You mentioned Chris Paul a little bit earlier. And what they have, DeAndre Ayton as well being a part of that group. Okay, so if you had to put an order in that four, pressure on Hoomst, one, two, three, and four. I would go Paul, Booker. Paul, Legacy, Booker, just star player. Yeah. Ayton and Durant. Okay. There's not a lot of pressure on Durant. Durant, you know. He just got here. Yeah, he just got here. And he already, a couple titles, a couple finals, MVPs. Like, we, we we're good on that. <laughs> this is an interesting thing. And remember, you can always – sorry, I didn't mean to step no, on you there. You can always text into the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. Um, from the 763, Anthony Davis has the most pressure on him for sure. And that's actually a really good point that I honestly had not fully considered. But we are getting to a point where we had thoughts about Anthony Davis and the potential that he could be. And he has not lived up to that. This season he started to look like the player that we anticipated that he could be in L.A., and it would be a, a real problem, in my opinion, if you get into the playoffs and he doesn't look like that player anymore. The NBA playoffs are underway. The Philadelphia 76ers handling business right now over the Brooklyn Nets. As you look at the schedule today, the games that you have, Philly, Brooklyn. Coming up, Atlanta at Boston, New York at Cleveland, Golden State, and Sacramento cap off the night in Sacramento in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are here. Mm, exciting. And ready to go. It's the get right on Saturday here on 105. Oh, that's what day it is? That's right. It is Saturday. Hmm. Coming up next, projecting six NFL teams that didn't make it last year to the playoffs that will this upcoming season. We'll do that next on the get right. Yeah, this segment of The Fan is brought to you by Frankel & Frankel. There's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck, so companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Frankel & Frankel. The consultation is always free. Visit truckwreck.com. That's a good vibe on this Saturday. You let that marinate for a second. It's the Get Rights special Saturday edition on your home, the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Should have brought a beer. <laughs> Rigo Mendoza, hold it down for you here. On playoff Saturday in the NBA, don't forget the Stars going to be in action on Monday. Mm. Stars hosting the Minnesota Wild in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoff. As your Stars over 100 points this year. Step one to the Western Conference Finals. That's right. Call my shot right now. Um, unfortunately did not get the Central Division thanks to Nathan McKinnon. Don't worry about that. And his hat trick that he had in the final game of the regular season. Ain't no problem. For the Avalanche. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. You know what? I saw the standings like the (laughs) night before. Was it yesterday? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling confident. And then my my buddy texted me yesterday. He's like, oh, the Minnesota Wild are playing the Stars. I'm like, wait, what? I thought we avoided them. Well, apparently, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess we, we didn't avoid him. Yeah, so it sounds like you were listening to the Get Right uh, a couple nights ago. Hey, 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 now. What? Relax. What? Relax. We corrected ourselves. I corrected myself because I was the one out here giving the incorrect playoff scenarios. I wasn't putting, I wasn't pushing you under the bus, but you jumped under it right there, so whatever. <laughs> I was willing to take the blame with you because I didn't correct you. Oh, that's, that's, that's sweet. You know you yeah. That's sweet, Reds. Thank you. Oh, also, we were talking about the star with the most uh, at stake in these NBA playoffs. Uh-huh. James Harden, no question about it from the 318. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Good point. Like, I didn't think about him because he is not like the lead star, but he does have something to be said. Like, can some can a team win with you um, and the way that you play? And so even though he ends up being the supplementary star for the Sixers, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how far they go with him. Uh, he's been phenomenal today for the 76ers. They're going to go on to beat the Brooklyn Nets in game one of their first round series. Six NFL teams that didn't make the playoffs that will make it this upcoming season. That's oh. right. Um, the The story itself comes courtesy of CBS, but you, if you listen to sports talk radio, if you've listened to the fan, um, you know, every year, 14 of the, you know, 32 playoff teams make the playoffs, or of the NFL teams make the playoffs. That is something that we know with the structure. And something that we also have come to understand, on average, only about half of those teams return, which means we got to put, we got to put like seven new teams in here. So with that being the case, we, you know, it, it behooves us as people trying to fill time on the content, you know, <laughs> um, to then take the time and look around and say, well, who didn't make the playoffs, do we think? That could make the playoffs this upcoming season. So I'll just pose that to you, listener. Truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. What team that didn't make the playoffs this past year do you anticipate making the playoffs this year? There's one that I feel really good about because this division is about to be really interesting to watch this upcoming season. Uh, Do they wear Honolulu blue? They do. All right. Uh, That would be the NFC North, and that would be the fighting Dan Campbells of Detroit. Because the Lions are building something special. I mentioned it the other night in the first round or in the NFL draft this year, which is in less than a couple of weeks. Um, they've got the six, eighteen, and forty-eighth picks in this year's draft. They've got a chance to create some serious damage in this year's uh, selection meeting. And I like what the Lions are building in Detroit. So Detroit, I think, is one of those teams that will make the playoffs that didn't make it last year. And what told me a lot about them was the fact that in the final week of the season. When they had nothing to play for. They was out here fighting. Fighting. And not only fighting, winning. Yeah. To keep Green Bay from making the playoffs this past season. So I like what Detroit is building. Shout out to Dan Campbell for proving me wrong because I thought he'd be fired within a year and a half of that job. Uh, but they are fighting and fighting well for him in Detroit. Yeah. 763 agrees with you. Um, in addition to some others, it looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget, this is a team that won nine wins this past season. Right, it seems weird considering that uh, nine wins is a lot, and you there was a point in time where that would get you in the playoffs definitively. Um, yeah, you were you were in that place with the Lions, and it feels like around them. And you were mentioning this, the win, it feels around the organization like they went to the playoffs, even yes. though they didn't. Right, they because of the ways that they've built, and so there's some consistency with the quarterback, uh, even though that consistency includes his limitations. But you've seen an organization that is committed to helping him play to his strengths. Um, And then they've also done a great job adding things around him. And they've added to their defense as well. And we anticipate in the draft that they add even more to try and shore up what was not a good defense and make it better. 
And then you mentioned the biggest thing when we're talking about these is your division. Your division matters. Um, unlike basketball, um, and yeah, yeah, unlike basketball, winning your division is going to be incredibly helpful for you to get in the playoffs. I mean, you win your division, you're in. And so you look around that division, and should the thing that we believe is going to happen actually happen where Aaron Rodgers leaves? I don't think anybody believes in the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are still on an uptick, um, and they are working on some things. So we can maybe we might talk about them later in the segment. But yeah, the Lions do seem like an interesting team that could win the NFC North or even at least put themselves in such a place where they have an opportunity at a wild card. Um, this interesting one, and this was obvious, I brought, I brought up. Quarterback moving from the NFC North, maybe going to the NFC East. How about the Jets? Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers, whenever he gets to New York uh, at this point. But yeah, I think the Jets are a safe pick as well. Quentin Williams was fantastic a year ago. Defensive lineman for the New York Jets, obviously with the offensive and defensive rookies of the year with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. They've got a foundation there that you can look at and you say that they could be competing for a wild card spot with Aaron Rodgers eventually coming there as well. And not to mention one of your favorite players uh, from this past year before he tore his ACL, Brees Hall, Brees. the running back coming back for you know, them. Like they have yeah. a couple of running backs that could tote that rock mm-hmm. uh, that are young and talented. Like This is just a really good, young, smart, when it comes to like coaching staff and these mm-hmm. things, team that has made a concerted effort to make themselves better. They've put themselves in a great position to possibly do something. My only concern, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to intervene here real quick. Uh, the, the My only concern here is that, like, the other two teams in that division are pretty good. I mean, the, the Bills and the Dolphins. Which is why I don't understand why Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career looked around and was like, hey, let me go to the AFC and try to go compete for a Super Bowl in that conference. You hear me when I was talking about it? We got a whole bunch of young talent. You've got a smart coaching staff, solid as, defense. Yeah. As much as they have it, guess who you still got to run through? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. You know, that's just at the very top if you're trying to get to a Super Bowl. Even they if within, won seven games without a quarterback, KG. They They did. But still, and don't y'all start texting in Mike White. Don't do it. I, I see you fixing your hands. Don't do it. But I mean, but objectively, are you looking at Aaron Rodgers and this team going to Kansas City, going to Cincinnati, hell, going to Buffalo and winning a playoff game this year, even with Aaron Rodgers on that team? I don't necessarily see it happening right now, but they are going to have a good team that should be competing for a wild card spot. Hell, Miami with Tua Tungavailoa coming back. You know, this upcoming year as well. Hopefully he can stay out of concussion protocol long enough to throw passes, you know, in this league. Um, they're going to be really good because they still got Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and Jalen Waddle. So for the short period of time that Tyreek Hill remains with the football. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, from the 682, you say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember, they mm. won the AFC South. That's right. So that's fun to remember. Yeah, uh, right. This is the one that I saw from CBS Sports from our friend uh, Cody Benjamin that I thought was really interesting. Okay. 763, the Denver Broncos. How you like that? Five and twelve this past season. Oh, um, you end up getting a new head coach. With Sean Payton. All right, Sean Payton comes in. Oh, oof, the Raiders not going. They they're banking on Jimmy Garoppolo, so wouldn't bet on that. Obviously, the Chiefs remain there. Kellen Moore with the the Chargers. However, that moves you. Maybe Russell Wilson simply just can't be as bad as he was. And the bounce back with Sean Payton, a supposed quarterback whisperer. I, oh, boy. The, the Denver Broncos are just, 
what's the plan there? I mean, obviously the plan for Sean Payton is to come in there and fix Russell Wilson. That's right. The plan is fix Russell Wilson and then profit. Don't worry about the in-between steps. I guess. I mean, and you still got Jerry Judy. You still got Cortland Sutton there. For the time being. For the time. Jerry Judy, ain't he on the trading block? I mean, he'd be on the trading block so much, I'm surprised he's still there at this point. Um, But on defense, you've got something there. Patrick Sertan, one of the five best corners in the league now. And you're going to have to lean on that quite a bit if you're Sean Payton in this football team. Because I don't know if Russell Wilson, even at this point in his career, with the offensive genius that is Sean Payton, can be fixed to the point where he's not costing them football games. But we'll see. I'm not so confident that that's going to be a playoff team this upcoming year, even with Russell Wilson married with Sean Payton now. That's fair. From the 817, they mentioned the Bears. I think that they might be a season away from that. They do. They did bottom out this past season. but And they spent all the money this offseason. They got all the money to spend all that money. They're going to be in the draft. There's a possibility that they have an opportunity there. I'm not writing them off entirely. I'm just not certain. Now, it's the team that came to mind when this question came up is one of the teams that Cody Benjamin mentions. And it is a team that has the number one overall pick. I don't even know who their quarterback is yet. Is the Carolina Panthers, a seven-win team in an NFC South that is now fairly devoid of teams that anybody feels great about. And that's I think that's the nice way to say it. I love what they have is with their coaching staff, from offensive coordinator all the way through assistants, defensive coordinator, uh, yeah. Jiro Evero, did a fantastic job. Uh, in Denver this past season, mm-hmm. like I, and then the head coach has been in these places before. Yeah, I think you. They have a really, they have a solid offensive line. They're going to have weapons for an for a, a a quarterback coming in. Now it's a rookie. There's a lot to expect, but again, don't think that division is very tough. I think this this could they could see some success in a down division and have an opportunity to slot in. So before I get to the Panthers, real quick, was the Saints on this list as well? No, sir. I'm surprised at that because the Saints are going to be the best team in this division on paper going into the year. Wow, Desmond Ritter slander. Yeah, completely. Um, because I like what they've got Derek Carr there. Michael Thomas hopefully stays healthy for them. they still got Chris Olave. You know, defensively, they're still pretty good with Marshawn Lattimore and others there. Um, but Carolina, you're right. The foundation that they've built there between Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, their offensive coordinator, as you mentioned, Zero Evero, the defensive coordinator, the higher, one of the hires of the season – for any staff, aside from the Cowboys keeping Dan Quinn. Mm, um, you love to hear it. Jim Caldwell being brought in as a senior offensive assistant to work with Frank Wright and whomever's going to be that young quarterback there. And even if they don't, Andy Dalton was brought in as kind of a bridge there just in case something goes awry, you know, with that quarterback. So they brought in Miles Sanders uh, from Philadelphia as well. It's a good running back there. They've done some things that are nice that I think could lead to a little bit of surprise. I don't necessarily playoffs, but I would pick the Saints to be the team that makes the playoffs that didn't make it last year if I'm picking a team out of the NFC South. Drake, I, London, I and Kyle Pitts. I think toss-up between three teams, really. It's between the Panthers, Saints, and, and Falcons. I don't trust Desmond Ritter. Like, I know he's being facetious about it, but uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust Arthur Smith or Desmond Ritter, to be honest with you, because, yeah, he's got Pitts and he's got Drake London there. You sure Desmond Ritter's going to be that guy? I don't tend to think that Desmond Ritter's going to be that guy. They will lament the day that they did not draft Justin Fields to be the next guy after um, Matt Ryan because I don't think Desmond Ritter is it. But, we'll I mean, we'll see. The other we'll names see. that uh, Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports put up, we mentioned the Broncos, the Cleveland Browns he puts up. I guess the idea That's being a trendy pick, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe number four isn't as bad. As he was coming back with, you know, the likes of Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper. Um, 
And then also, Jets, Lions, Packers. Maybe maybe Jordan Love actually can do something. And mm-hmm. then you still have Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Jair Alexander. You still have those pieces that helped make the team fairly good. Yeah, too much of a wild card when it comes to Jordan Love and that experience. Uh, yeah, he's had the chance to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for, what, four years now? Feels like forever. Good God. Jeez. Um, but I don't, I don't think the Packers will be there quite yet. Maybe a year or so away from making the playoffs. But, no, that's a very interesting list because – like I said, a lot of turnover when it comes to the playoffs each and every year in the NFL. And there's some teams that have made some serious moves that have put themselves in position to possibly make the playoffs that didn't do so a year ago. It's the Get Right Special Edition on this Saturday afternoon here on your home of the Cowboys at Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we go around the NFL where this star for the Cardinals says he wants out. I'll tell you who it is next on the Get Right. To get right, we're Reggie KG here on 105, three of the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, what's happening? Regal Mendoza holding down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on a special Saturday edition of the Get Right at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula. I'm about to go around the NFL here in just a moment here on your home of the Cowboys. Coming up at the top of the hour, an interesting report about when the Mavericks actually wanted to start this whole tanking thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that here at the top of the hour here on The Get Right. TrentRed.com, text line 877 with you until 5.30 p.m. Today's will lead you into game two of the Rangers and the Astros at Minute Maid Park after the Rangers got a 6-2 win last night over the Astros. We'll cross talk with Jared Sandler at around 5.15 on this Saturday Evening, but Rigo, let's go around the National Football League here on your home of the Cowboys as we are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft in Kansas City, Missouri, my hometown, of course. And we at 105 through the fan will be at all eight pluckers locations around the mighty Metroplex. RJ Choppy will be in Fort Worth Alliance. Eric Chiafalo, Fort Worth City View, Corey Majors and Will Chambers, they'll be in Arlington. Lucius Alexander, the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold, they'll be in Grapevine. At Dallas Lovers in Greenville, you will have Kevin Hagelin and Mike Bassick. The Addison location will be Gavin Dawson and Zach Walchuk of the G-Bag Nation. Shout-out to Christy Scales. She's going to be at the Plano location on 3316 Preston Road. And yours truly, and Reginald Atatula, we will be at the Pluckers location in Allen, on 190 East Stacy Road. So make sure you come hang out with all of us on draft night, that Thursday night, April the 27th. Coverage of the NFL draft begins at 6 p.m. right here on your home of the Cowboys 105 through the fan. And lasts until 1 a.m. Friday morning with the post NFL draft show here, hosted by myself and Chris Arnold, beginning at 11 p.m. NFL draft, speaking of that, uh, cut number nine here, Reggie's favorite correspondent. The NFL Network. On a Saturday? Ian Rappaport. That's right. Wouldn't be a get right without him. Why do you do this? Speaking of uh, quarterbacks who drive this league, could this Tennessee volunteer actually be drafted night one, Mr. Rappaport? Look, we're two weeks out. I'm not holding you to this. But look, we're two weeks out. I'm not holding you to this. But just in talking to folks around the league, more more likely to go in the first round or out of the first round with Hennon Hooker. Two weeks out, we got a ways to go. To to me, 
more likely for Hendon Hooker to go in the first round. These visits are like kind of what they are. You know, they're pieces of information, but not the whole picture. But I see something like the Saints, and I'm like, okay, the Saints pick 29. They have Derek Carr basically on a two-year contract. Hendon Hooker, I believe, is going to be healthy for this season, but certainly not as healthy as he's going to be moving forward. Like, that would make some sense. And I know he's 25, but like, yeah. you know, if let's say he doesn't start till he's 27. Well, you're looking at a nine or ten year starting career. That's plenty. That's very interesting. That is Daniel Jeremiah and Ian Rappaport uh, having that conversation about about Hendon Hooker. That's going to be one of the wild cards of this first round, I think, is if he does, in fact, go in the first round. And I don't think that's been brought up a lot, and maybe or maybe it has, and I just haven't necessarily, you know, given a lot of credence to it. The fact that he is 25 years old, and if he has, mm, to, yep. if he has to sit for a couple of years, no, that's definitely a, a big thing. Maybe not even the idea of even if he plays, right? The idea of the NFL draft. One of the portions of it is not just can they play, but what is the potential? I'm currently reading mm-hmm. a, the book about Ricky Henderson, written by Howard Bryant, and one of the things that you talk about even in baseball is they write up, you know, your scout will write, or at least previously, I don't know exactly what happens in modern scouting, but they look at them and they go, this is what they can do now, and this is where I project their potential is. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it, and when you're talking about a younger quarterback, okay, we're talking about this is where I think they are, right, and this is where we start talking about how much they've played, right? Have they played a lot of football? and Maybe not, which means, oh, there might be more instruction that's necessary for them to grow their game. When you look at a guy that's older, you go, oh, he's probably played a lot of football, and you can look at that, and there might be a, he might be largely refined. You might not have more juice to squeeze out of him, so it's not even just the years that he'll play. Is, is he close to his final product? And so that's also a consideration when we're talking about the MLB draft, but I get it. There's, there've been, there's been a little bit of a scuttlebutt, as they say, yeah. that has you know, been trending towards people liking Hendon Hooker as a quarterback, and if that's the case, the first round makes sense because you get that fifth-year option, and that is entirely valuable. I mean, we saw that with Lamar Jackson. We've yeah. been, we'd have been doing this last season if he was not a first. If they had not traded up to get him in the first round to have that extra fifth year to be able to work with, it's it's that affordability, that extension of that rookie contract that we talk about so much about having your quarterback on a rookie contract so that you can put more around them and have an opportunity to win. The only thing I'll say to that real quick, because if we're going to get out here and talk about age, y'all took Brandon Whedon at 28 years old back oh, so in 2012. Why are you bringing up all stuff? My point is age. And who the, is y'all? The Browns? We don't we don't, we don't do things based on what they do. But, <laughs> as, as evidence by the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> but here's the thing about and to the Lamar Jackson thing about having the fifth-year option. This is why it's so important, at least in my mind, why he's got to get some kind of representation because any agent worth a damn would not have let him played on that rookie deal after he won his league MVP. Not a not an agent would have let him play on that rookie deal after that. He would have got a brand new deal after winning a unanimous league MVP. Period. So while yes, the point ultimately is that he got to the fifth year, was able to exercise it now where he is, or the Baltimore Ravens exercise it and now they are where they are. Yeah, he shouldn't have never played a single day after um, winning an MVP on that on that contract. But, I mean, Henry Hooker, good football player, man. A lot of people like him, like his traits from the um, 425 here on the TradeRate.com text line. They like Henry Hooker over Will Levis. I feel bad about Will Levis because I have not given him not a second of my thoughts. And I wouldn't either because y'all's king out here eating y'all's bananas. King. Oh, uh, whole with the, the whole, the what's it, the, the – 
Yeah, what words are you trying to say right now? And then the uh, coffee with the mayonnaise. That was disgusting. Yeah, I think, I think that's a keto thing. I've, I've well, heard that, that's like a keto thing. Well, that's disgusting. Okay. And then eating bananas whole. Have you seen that video? Oh, yeah, eating the rind. Yeah, off the, the... Or the peel, I guess. I don't know if they call it a rind. That's what y'all's quarterback... That's what y'all want your quarterback to be out here doing? Not mine. Mm-mm. You gonna pretend like we don't got weirdo quarterbacks out here? I don't think I've seen it to that level. That's okay. kind of fantastic. I mean, good point, though. Um, you re- you hear what they say about Will Levis? They say he too, he too buff. Because he's real big. They're I mean, like, he, is, he has put on, you know, some extra... You know, poundage, you know, over the last like, year. He too buff to throw a football. <laughs> Look like he should be on an episode of American Gladiators instead. Um, speaking of quarterbacks. Rampage. <laughs> good call there. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they don't have a quarterback problem, but they do have a safety problem. That's right. Because Buda Baker says, get me the hell out of here. Can't blame him. <laughs> As Buda Baker has requested a trade, the five-time Pro Bowl safety, according to Adam Schefter, says he is ready to get out of Arizona. Apparently, Baker informed the Cardinals in February that he wanted to be traded. Makes even more sense because you remember <laughs> what was happening in February? A whole bunch of problems. Like that was a place from the very, very top organization of the organization that was entirely disheveled. I'm talking about owner. I'm talking about general manager. I'm talking about head coach. I'm talking about like the captains on the team, like all the way around, that was a whole mess. I don't blame him for looking around and being like, yeah, this isn't an organization I want to be in. This actually, for some reason, um, makes me think of the NFLPA. You remember how they released the report card? That was That's something that's caused some level of consternation in league offices because the league and uh, your man Raj, you know, they took umbrage to the NFLPA making that public. They're like, yo, if you have problems with the teams, we're supposed to work in conjunction to fix those. Fix those. You don't take those to the public. And one of the things that that did was it showed and it gave the, the, the PA and players an opportunity to voice some of their concerns with these organizations. And so you saw some harsh grading. You saw, especially from organizations that we thought, oh, no, that's a great organization. And you look at these grades, you go, no, there's some things that they that the players have issues with. And so I do think that the Cardinals are one of those organizations that you look around and you go, yo, there's clearly some issues. And maybe a player, even if from the outside we don't look at it as that way, would look around and be like, I don't want to work here anymore. Baker is owed $13.1 million this upcoming season and $14.2 million in 2024 from a four-year contract extension for $59 million he signed in 2020 that made him, of course, at the time, the highest-paid safety in the game. From the 3-2-1, going back to our Hendon Hooker conversation, they said, why is KG judging other people's age? How old is he? He's 36! All right, 3-2-1, you set that up nicely. That's elite texting. It's elite texting. I wasn't judging his age, I'm just saying. Uh, the NFL is re- see. The, here's the thing about the NFL. I saw the NFL does what the hell they want to do on their own time and when they want to do it, and they have no rhyme or reason to do it in. I don't know. Why I slid away from this mic. We not on camera. Because <laughs> good point. Because who looked at Brandon Whedon at age 28? It was like that cat can get out here for 10 years and be a starting quarterback that lasts us. Oh, that's right. Cleveland did it. So I don't necessarily want to hear it about Hendon Hooker and his age being a problem because Hendon Hooker, at least in my mind, is a better prospect than Brandon Whedon was at the time, and he was drafted at the age of 28. Never forget, didn't Carolina draft Chris Winkie when he was about 100? You remember that? You, wh- look, 
Why do you keep? Well, you keep bringing up these people where it didn't work for, and I don't know if you're making the argument that you want. My point, no, no, the ultimate. I'm making the point is, is that you can draft a player at any age, at any point in their career. The chances that teams are willing to take on that is up to that individual team. So yeah, it didn't work out for Winky. It didn't work out for Whedon. But the point is, Hendon Hooker should be given that same opportunity at the age of 25 as some of the other ones that were drafted later into their their lives, like the. Brandon Wheaton's. He said later into their lives, like they were 62. <laughs> I mean, hell, we're talking. Well, look, I mean, let's, okay, let's go there then. Uh, like, we're talking about sports age years. Not here. We're aging out running backs. Hell, people are ready to run Ezekiel Elliott out of the league, and he's what, 27? Like, the age of a player in a particular position matters in sports. Oh, absolutely. And. And at quarterback, that's that's a little bit older. It, it's, it's, it's a little o- bit older. It is older. It yes, nine oh three. Taysom Hill was like thirty as a rookie. But exactly. And yet they was here trying to man, y'all let <laughs> Sean Payton. What a criminal! <laughs> he was out here trying to convince us that that was a quarterback. We could see it. Not even that. He's not only was he trying to convince him that he was a quarterback flat. He was trying to convince us that he was the quarterback of the future when he already had two mortgages. There you go. Uh, for the eight one seven, didn't Mahomes play after he won his MVP? He didn't have a contract. Stop saying that, my guy. He shouldn't have played on his rookie deal after doing that too. Like I'm consistent with this. Mahomes is a different breed. He decided, hey, I'm gonna get out here and be you know nice and team friendly guy, and you know wait for my you know ten year billion dollar contract extension to kick in later on. No, he shouldn't have played on that rookie deal either. And the reason why I say that, as we get ready to finish up around the NFL here, apparently. Um, is the fact that you only have a certain window to maximize your uh, your finances in the NFL. So in my mind, any player who has any kind of measure of success, that's why I cannot wait when Micah Parsons, after this upcoming season, gets ready to enter his contract negotiations with the Dallas Cowboys because David Mulligetta is coming for blood. You say, who is the agent? For Micah Parsons, yeah, David Mulligetta is the same guy that represents Deshaun Watson, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Ramsey, among others. Get your money while you can and make the uh, make the teams worry about how to balance the salary cap. Period. That's what the players should do in my mind. Because you know who we got mad at for years for doing this? Who was that? Tom Brady had the NFLPA upset with him every single year. Hey, Tom! Yeah. Hey, quit taking the contract-friendly deals for the Patriots. Yeah. Go but, get that money. Oh, he was getting his money. He was just circumventing the salary cap to do it. <laughs> you know this. Um, so there you go. From the 682, when you sign a contract, you should be a man in honor of that contract. Let me tell you something. I, th- I think that that is a naive way of viewing this. Like, I appreciate the sentiment. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, and, yes, the, the yeah. sentiment is. But I think a, a contract is only as good as what you can enforce. And so, like, when you have leverage to negotiate a different contract or to get a into a different place, that is something yeah. that you should do. Because one thing that you understand, you say that you should honor a contract. That wor- that that perspective should work both ways. And when it comes from an organization, that that's not really the or way. Or a league that, it, it that doesn't. Played. Yeah. Yeah. Eight one seven. Mahomes got his agent Lee Steinberg, but the agent works for the player, and Mahomes clearly at the direction for Lee Steinberg. Say, hey, look, man. You know, we're going to wait on this deal, and we're going to do what we do. So, again, players like Mahomes and others are very unique. Most players who have that kind of success aren't out here trying to play on that rookie deal. They're trying to get as much money as they can because it's finite the amount of time that they have to play in the NFL when you're participating in car crashes for three hours at a time, 18 weeks at a time. 
nowadays. Congrats to Hendon Hooker on possibly going in the first round because, yes, that is how we got here. How did we get to having this conversation about contracts? Hendon Hooker might go in the first round. That's right. We sound like some haters. (laughs) It's the get right. On Saturday here on your home with the Cowboys at Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next. Hello. Next. Next. The Mavericks wanted to tank when? We'll talk about it next on the get right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 